So Chris, at Roosevelt University, you majored in finance and some fine arts. What was the impetus? What were your thoughts on what you wanted to do with that degree? What were your, your plans for your life at that time? Well, of course, I've always been a musician and an artist. Um, those are my interests. However, I went to school to make sure that I could support myself, so I, I studied finance. Right. Um, and then I, I wanted to make sure I had a, you know, sound business foundation, no matter what I did. But, uh, so th those were my thoughts, but, but and I, I, I had one of the best art teachers she was, uh, her name was Lynn, I can't remember her last name, but she was uh, the curator at the Art Institute. And uh, she, uh, I got a thorough education from her about art history and um, art uh, in general. Uh, and so I added that to my already interest that I had in art. and. Uh, you know, I, I added that knowledge to the things that I had been doing before, and uh, you know that's helped shape me and get me into the situation I'm in today. So, from from finance and fine arts to urban planning, how did that connect for you? Well, um, when I got back from um, one of the when I was at Roosevelt University, one of my favorite teachers was a guy named Jeffrey Edwards. And he taught a class in urban planning. Um, and I, I, that actually was my favorite teacher. And after I read, the, I, I, you know, I took the urban planning class, I was fascinated. And it just was in the back of my mind after that. Um, and. Uh, so I just carried that throughout the years for a few years uh, in that gap between when I had my bachelor's degree and when I got my master's degree. So when it came time to do my master's degree, uh, I said, you know, I was looking around for things I was interested in. I looked at law. I looked at that was about the only other thing I was interested in. And then I said, well, in law, you have to be licensed in the state. To practice that you know to, to practice and I knew that I wasn't the type of person who would probably be able to stay in one state forever uh, so uh, I thought uh, for other various reasons urban planning seemed just intuitively seemed exciting to me you know I, I love urban planning I went to school also for urban planning and the school I went to discontinued the uh, curriculum as soon as I arrived terrible so I had to be a civil engineer industrial engineer etc it was a mess but um, so University of Illinois at Chicago for your master's degree in urban planning how did that sort of shape when you went in did, did you learn what you thought you were going to learn how did that impact you well um, my focus is commercial corridor revitalization and economic development that was my, I wanted to, again, I don't go to school to just take soft things like community development or psychology. I figure if I'm going to pay for a degree, it's going to be in something quantitative rather than qualitative. So I decided to take, you know, in urban planning, one of the most quantitative um, things you could do there was uh, economic development. So I studied economic development, and then it just, as I was writing my master's thesis, 
you know, it just dawned on me, you know, I just came up with this program where I realized that, you know, the things I had been studying, I realized I could, you know, use the uh, my art background in an urban planning setting and combine the two. I'd always been interested from, as a kid, I would skateboard, play the guitar, <coughs> and also, and then I would be out on the street doing graffiti tags and things like that. So I, I had a street art background, mm -hmm. and then I had a fine art uh, history and fine art uh, background, mostly in the history of art. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I combined that with the urban planning. I realized that um, I could use my art skills in my my field of focus study which was commercial corridor revitalization and uh, i've been doing that ever since i put it, it grew out of my master's thesis it, I, I came up with something called the bronzeville legends initiative okay. uh, in my master's thesis and, and the bronzeville legends initiative is a, is a art and urban planning program designed to um you know, affect the neighborhood and in, in, in the things that I wanted to do. I can go on and explain if you'd like. Feel free. Okay. So, um, the Bronzeville Legends Initiative is a, an economic, it's, it's an art program, but it's, a, it's what I call cultural economic development. So, I'm practicing what's called destination economics. So, in destination economics, the, base, the basic pillars of solid community development from an economic development point are identity, sustainability, and mobility. So the first one is identity. Identity is whatever makes a neighborhood unique, whatever about the neighborhood, whatever special quality it has. It could be based on a neighborhood's location, it could be based on you know the neighborhood having a sporting arena but often it's based on the neighborhood's uh, cultural identity so for instance if you imagine if I bring up the word Chinatown um, you can imagine in your mind uh, this area of Chicago where you can go to experience some semi-authentic and semi-authentic Chinese culture uh, and because you have a picture of Chinatown's identity in your mind, that leads to sustainability or economic development because once you understand what a neighborhood has to offer, it draws you over there. So now you know I can go for, on Sunday to Chinatown for dim sum. I can go to Greek town and get a, an experience of Greek culture. I can go to Argyle and get an experience, an experience of Vietnamese culture. I can go to Devon Avenue and get an experience of um, Indian culture. I could go to 26th Street and get a Mexican experience or somewhere in Pilsen. So these are based on ethnic, these, this economic development is based on ethnic identity. Um, and so what I've noticed is that all African Americans are clear contributors and basically the culture creators of the United States Yet, every city I'm in, there's a Chinatown, there's a Greek town, there's an Indian town, but the, I don't ever see any African-American towns, except for, you know, uh, low-income communities or uh, where, 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 where people have been, you know, who are suffering from um, 
years of, uh, of um, deprivation caused by this society, uh, you know, people are in those kind of uh, ghettos, quote unquote, but I didn't see anybody, despite all the con contributions of African Americans to American culture, and the, I didn't see anybody leveraging um, uh, that in a community. I didn't see any black towns, per se. So I realized Bronzeville's rich historical legacy made it quite possibly the most amazing uh, center of African-American arts, culture, and entertainment that America has, you know, in America. And so I realized that sort of in my thesis. And then so I, I started working on highlighting Bronzeville's identity. And by highlighting Bronzeville's identity and letting other people get a clear picture of what Bronzeville is about, its rich historical legacy, then that will lead to sustainability in the form of economic development because it draws people over here to see what Bronzeville is all about. What I'm afraid of is that Bronzeville will just become the South-South Loop. If you're not an urban planner, what a lot of people don't and, and a lot, some politicians don't seem to understand when you let regional and national businesses come into a neighborhood, the neighborhood begins to look like every other neighborhood and it no longer has any unique characteristics to sell. So you are killing your community by not highlighting what it has to offer. So to let Starbucks and all these other companies, McDonald's and you know, Subway, any, any of these companies come into this to, to Bronzeville without any kind of style book, without imposing any kind of, you know, saying to them, hey, you have to conform to a degree to, to this community's identity because we're trying to position this as a center for African-American arts, culture, and entertainment. That's what I'm doing here. So I'm highlighting Bronzeville uh, identity with the Bronzeville Legends Initiative, and that's called highlighting its distinctiveness. From its distinct, highlighting its distinctiveness, I hope to increase its drawing power from a neighborhoods around it. A successful community has drawing power. It brings in people from outside the neighborhood. It has depth of penetration. It penetrates far. A successful community penetrates far. Its depth of penetration, its drawing power is far. So from far away so we've got our highlighting our distinctiveness to increase its drawing power and its depth of penetration and then um, I would that helps deal with its demand programming meaning a successful community in economic and successfully economically developed community attracts people both during the day and at night um, and then, so we've got our distinctiveness, our drawing power, our depth of penetration, our demand programming, and then we want to increase our duration of stay. Economically, from an economic development point, I want people on these commercial corridors to chill for a while, to come and linger, to not just drive by on the bus, to not just drive by in their cars. I want them to get out of their cars and spend some time on these, you know, that helps increase retail sales per square foot on the corridor because, you know, if I come out and look at these murals, 
then maybe I'll wander on over to Pearl's here and get myself some, some coffee or something to eat. So this is a trap, like artists set traps. This is an attention trap that I've set here. Uh, it's designed to do all those things. So that's how I'm combining the art with the urban planning. I've used my artistic skills to curate this series of, of photos from One Million Black Voices by Richard Wright, by the photographers Russell Lee and Edwin Roscom, and I'm recreating these rich historical, you know, to highlight Bronzeville's rich historical legacy and leveraging these in, to strengthen Bronzeville's identity. Um, and so I had to use my artistic skills to create, recreate these. Uh, I'm looking to put a more of, I see a lot of cartoonish murals. I'm looking to bring more of a fine art quality to the murals. To me, the mural, you know, anything, just people just think just because it's big and colorful, it's a great mural. I see a lot of sloppy murals with not a lot of detail. And uh, as I, what I'm trying to do is a whole other thing. What I like about doing photo, mur photo murals, which I do a lot, is the level of detail and the fine art quality that they get. Those big cartoonish murals aren't necessarily always appropriate on the co commercial corridors that I'm working with. Um, so that is what I'm trying to do. Well, you're doing a wonderful job, by the way. I am so impressed with your uh, knowledge of history. I am also a historian. I also work in real estate, a commercial developer. I understand how important history is. I under understand how cities transform in ways that are not necessarily beneficial to people of African descent. And I think you're noticing some things about certain neighborhoods in Chicago that uh, should be pointed out and doing something about it, which is what a lot of people don't do, using all of their tools and skills to do something about what you see. I'm gonna have you get up a little bit and I wanna sort of walk this corridor and talk to me about this particular, um, this particular picture and why you decided on this. Okay, well, one thing I always do too is it's always a collaborative effort when it comes to these images. First thing I did, um, I got with the people who are involved in the owner ownership and management of this building, and um, they liked what I had done over at the Mariano's Grocery Store, and they asked me to bring you know in bring in a similar style. So I went through uh, an archive of photos with them, and I said. Uh, Let's all do this collaboratively. We're going to go through these photos. We're going to pick out our favorite photos. And then out of those, I'll pick out the ones I like. And then we'll, I'll do them. And so I started with the, this collection from 1941 by Edwin Roscom and Russell Lee. It's a public domain collection. Um, the right, there's no restrictions on it. And it's a beautiful set of images. And there are many more than this. And I just thought, this is perfect way to highlight Bronzeville's identity, especially what I love about these is that most of my other images are of famous people, Muhammad Ali, uh, the congressman, um, Ned King Cole, Louis Armstrong. These are average everyday people in this community. So uh, 
uh, we, we, we first went through a large set of the archive and then I narrowed them down to about 25, 26 pictures and this is I think 10. Then I, I chose the 10 that I liked best. Okay. And so this particular picture I liked um, because of uh, the girl and the little girl with the ice cream cone and then I believe this was her mom, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's just the perfect setting to me. Um, it's obviously taken, all these pictures were taken right in the community, right around here, within a few blocks from here. Um, I like how everybody is walking the other way, and these two are walking this way. It's like a, a memory wall. It's like as if they're coming out of the image, the photograph, and so looking at us like we're there with them so it's like a bridge between us and them between the present and the past and so there's something in art called the beholder share the you know art this says that only a portion of the image is from the as create is you know the artist but it's how the person relates with that image and completes it the beholder the person looking at it completes the picture and contributes the other 50 percent to the work so what i like about it is it's interactive uh i think a lot of muralists are out to just look how impressive i am look at my great technique look at all, i can fill this with all kinds of stuff my murals attract or what we call they um invite participation because of the coolness of them in terms of the, they can you, they connect because I'm not coming at it from a trying to overly impress you with how great I am. I'm trying to make a human connection with you. So that's what I like. It's the human connection in this one. That is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I am so happy we came out here to see this and have you talk about it. Not on a picture, right. but right here in front of it. Thank Let's you. take a walk to the next mural. Mm -hmm. And this is, I'm so happy that they called you to do this. I think they see how passionate you are about this work and really what you what you bring to the community by introducing these pictures to all of us. And I'm hoping that this this video cast will bring more people to come and see these. It's straight I mean, tours of oh, this. And I'm sure it will, I'm sure it will. So, exactly. Uh, so, I'm trying to do a lot of things here. You know, one thing I like, I noticed about people is that, you know, so President Roosevelt at the time, he was pushing his New Deal politics. He, had, he was creating New Deal, you know, social programs that had heretofore never existed. So he sent out photographers on working for the Farm Security Administration and the WPA, and their job was to go out and document poverty in, in, the, in the United States so they could actually show a need for these public works and this public money and the programs he was trying to implement. So he originally sent these two Farm Security Administration photographers down here and they were hoping they probably were going to see, you know, we're just going to see a bunch of poverty and stuff. But no, what astonished me when they got down here, they saw a whole bunch of dignified people. Um, and so if you look at how everybody's dressed, even people hanging out on the, um, in, on the, you know, uh, public thoroughway uh, are, 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 are wearing hats. Not every one of these guys has on a hat, a shirt with a collar. 
This guy's got like a captain rip, you know, yes. right here. These are some shark guys, okay? And um, this is what made me appeal to me about this picture. So in, in my own way, it's my own kind of subtle message to, you know, people today just to remember, you know, we came from style, you know. And we're still stylish. And we're still stylish. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to have us walk back down to the one, this one, this one down here, which I think is really lovely. Just the one person in the shot here. And we picked an interesting day. They're doing a, some kind of movie inside of this building here. Oh, yeah. And uh, I hope they get a chance to feature your murals somehow in it as well. They should be talking to you about that, though. <laughs> yeah, they should. Uh, that would be good. Uh, uh, talk to me about this. This is brilliant to me. I just love it. Tell me about this. Okay. And why um, you picked this. Well, what I loved about this picture, of course, one thing, of course, is, you know, it's a it's a bridge between the past and the present. If you don't know, you can't get where you're going if you don't know where you've been. So, one thing that I love, just from a, an artistic detail, is that, you know, these, you know, look, these bricks from the, you know, and they, it looks like they, you know, the brick pattern goes with the brick pattern here. So, this almost looks like organic, like it, it could really happen here. That's one thing. But what I love, of course, the most is this central figure of this Bronzeville kid reading a comic book right here on this step. I just love it. It's just a, a, a really poignant picture. Um, it just, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it makes me speechless sometimes just, just looking at this. It's, it's just a, a beautiful image, and that's why it's the first one in the series. So this was number one in the series, so that's this good to know. This is the first know. one in the series that I chose, yeah. Got it, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. It starts here, one, and goes down, ten, from one to ten. So it's like reading from left to right. Got it. Like we read. Got it. So talk to me while we're standing here about sort of your first commissioned piece, or the first piece that you did, whether it was commissioned or not. And where was it? How old were you? You know, how did that come about? So the first thing you saw 